Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian, hey Dad, and Robbie Falk here with you on a Sunday evening or Monday morning. Thanks for joining us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners out there, especially our service men and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors, the Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Thanks for joining us here. We always appreciate our great sponsors as well, especially Strange Brew Coffee House who have been with us. So they've been with me since the beginning, so I, I hold them very near and dear to my heart. The OGs. They are the OGs of my sponsors, for sure. So make sure you start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be kind of weird if Brupolo was in Mantee. Brew yeah, tea Webster, makes it sound like you're not getting coffee. Webster though. County. Shout out to Webster County. That's right. We met some good Webster County folks on Saturday. We did. Well, I didn't meet them, but I you, met them. Yes, I met some good Webster, Webster County folks on. You Saturday. met a good Webster County person. Oh, the other guy wasn't from Webster County. No. Okay, I didn't know. Well, I tried to give Webster County the the, uh, the credit. No, we appreciate that. <laughs> Wherever you live in this great state, you get Strange Brew Coffee delivered right to your door. Just go to strangebrewcoffeehouse.com and order it for shipping. Whatever kind of coffee machines on your counter, they've got you taken care of at Strange Brew Coffee. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com. That's the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you can't get just anywhere else because only College Corner has the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. You can shop online at collegecornerstore.com or they have two locations to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got you taken care of at College Corner. Humble Taco, man, what a great weekend to have been on the patio out at Humble Taco. Nice and cool. That was cold on Friday, but cool the rest of the weekend. And uh, great temperatures and, of course, great food if you got to go to Humble Taco. Best tacos in town. Tacos you're not going to get anywhere else. It's Mexican fare with Mississippi roots. It's Humble Taco. Looking for a great idea for today for lunch? I'm going to say, like I always say, go to Firehouse Subs. It's just so easy when you use the Firehouse Subs app. You place your order online. You pick it up within minutes. And the best part of all, you're piling up reward points every single time you order to get a free sandwich the next time. Locations are in Starkville and Oxford, Columbus and Tupelo, Madison, Flowood. When you're looking for lunch, looking for a great idea, always go with Firehouse Subs. All around me are familiar faces, worn out places, worn out. All right. How many times have you had to sing that this year? A few times. <laughs> a few times. Oh, uh, goodness. Eh, ew. So. Butrin. That's the that's my line. I'll let you have it. Mississippi State swept by LSU. Uh, that's now 12, I think, straight series in Starkville that they've won. Is that right? I thought it was nine. I, mean, I don't know. It's a lot. I don't it's know. too many. Who cares? It's way too many for Mississippi State baseball. And it's a series that was lost on Friday night when State blew a 2-1 lead uh, in the bottom of the ninth inning with two outs and two strikes on the, on the last hitter. Uh, they end up giving up a five spot there. And then from there, 
the series was just it felt like it was unwinnable uh, the whole weekend. Uh, a close game on Saturday that State could just never get a foothold in, and then on Sunday just blown out of the park, a 13 to three loss uh, to the Tigers. Everything we said coming into this week, we we were wrong about. That's through no fault of our own, but we were wrong. Fristo and Depper, no, no, don't got it. They don't got it. Um, and I'm not going to take Cam Tuller's one, two, three inning and tell you, well, maybe, you know, no, no. Probably this team is just not good this year. They're now four and eight in the conference. Their RPI, the last I checked, was sitting in the, the mid 80s. It's officially more likely than not they will not make postseason play, in my opinion. Um, I just moving in that direction. Yeah. When you you know, it feels like their RPI is not going to climb up much over the 50s, right? Even when they play these good series. Because you got to win games. And so a team with an RPI in the 50s and a conference record of 13 and 17, you know, even if they're 14 and 16, which would require them to go 10 and 8 the rest of the way, which is going to, that's going to be a chore. You know, just looking at things from, from a high perspective, it feels like it's going to be a real, real difficult task for this team, barring a turnaround that we don't see coming, uh, for this team to make postseason play. This is what summed up the weekend for me. I was talking to somebody who, you know, pretty positive guy. So I to a pretty positive guy on Saturday on my way out of the ballpark. And he said, Brian, this this is this team has one of the hallmarks of being a bad team, and that's when they hit, they can't pitch, and when they pitch, they can't hit. And he's absolutely correct. That's what this weekend was. You finally got some decent pitching on Friday and Saturday, and you couldn't hit. And then you couldn't hit do anything on Sunday. Yeah, they could they they were awful in every phase on Sunday. I mean that I, and I just cannot figure out why this team is bad. You you lost some critical pieces last year with Tanner Allen and Rowdy Jordan, but there's just a, there's a, there's plenty in this lineup that they should be good. This still should be a good team, and even even with the the issues that they're having in the pitching department, they still should be able to hit the ball. And now they can't hit. Mm-hmm. And for a team that struggled so much pitching. To not be able to hit, that's a recipe for disaster. And that's what we saw this weekend. And it was just – it was so frustrating to watch because LSU did absolutely nothing on offense the first two games. Correct. They had two good innings the entire first two ball games. That changed on Sunday. But Mississippi State gave them everything that they got in the first two um, ball games of the, of the weekend. And that's what Mississippi State has done um, pretty much all year to this point. Free bases, not making a play defensively, you know, offensively. When you when you have the bases loaded with one out and you can't score, you're probably going to uh, have that come back and bite you. And that's that's exactly what happened for Mississippi State um, on game two, I guess. Mm-hmm. And game one was pretty much the same way too. Mm-hmm. So many chances, and it, it shouldn't have been in Fristo's hands there late in the ball game. But in 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 their defense. They were they still had a chance to get a strikeout or get out of the game with a two to one victory, which I think they would have won the series. I, I'm fully confident they would have won the series. Had they they would have the confidence to get those things yeah. done on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I mean the biggest thing for State all weekend was the offense. The offense was just pathetic with the runners on base. I mean just awful, um, as bad as I've seen. They they had a guy on base every single inning 
on the weekend except for maybe five innings mm-hmm. all so weekend. 22 out of 27 innings. And they scored eight runs. T- they scored on two hits with a guy on base mm-hmm. the entire weekend. Two times they had a hit where they scored a run. It was a t- it was a two run single from Luke Hancock to give him a lead on Friday, mm-hmm. and then a two run home run from Slade Offord when the game was way oh, out yeah, of hand. Yeah. That is awful, Brian. You you've got to be better than that. And there's too many guys in this lineup that's been there that should be able to get it done, and they didn't. I thought the sequence to me that really summed up the weekend is on Sunday. Logan Tanner gets a leadoff single. Now you've got Hines, Clark, and Cumbus. Your three big power bats all behind him. Strikeout looking, strikeout swinging, strikeout swinging. Yep. Hines, I mean, I, I know the potential of this kid, and he's going to be good. In SEC play, he's now O of his last 25 with 13 Ks, if I did the math right. I mean, and then he's right there in the middle of your lineup. So that's not good. Clark couldn't do anything all weekend. Now he had a base hit on, uh, on Sunday. Cumbus had a couple of infield singles. Uh, I think we, we looked at it Friday night. State had at one point had five hits, and four of them were infield singles. Mm. And they're not driving the baseball. Just RJ five Yeager hits with a guy in scoring position on on Friday, and they scored one on yeah. one of those hits. Yeah, I mean, you, almost always when you get a hit with a guy in scoring position, you're scoring a run. State had four hits that did not score runs. Yeah, that's that's just unfathomable. I mean, th- this weekend felt like that twenty seventeen that twenty fifteen mm-hmm. series against LSU, where State just could not do anything right, Yeah, even when they were in position. They actually won a game. That team was so bad, they still won a ball game, though, that weekend. Yeah. This team could not win a game against an LSU team that I think is just okay. They're average. That, that they're a really good hitting team. They made the pitching staff look like mm-hmm. – uh, I, 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 I have no idea how – how they could not do anything against this pitching staff, and they showed they were a good team on on Sunday hitting hitting the baseball. But Friday, Saturday, errors, walks. That's what put guys on base. I know that LSU at one point when it was two to one, their their one run had come in an inning where they didn't have a hit. Yeah, so it's just a nightmare series for Mississippi State. Now you get to back that up, and now you get to play Auburn who is one of the hotter teams in the country, took two out of three from Vanderbilt this weekend. Was anything more overrated than the SEC, by the way? State, Ole Miss, and Vanderbilt, none of those teams are good. There's only one good team in this league. Arkansas is okay, but they lost two out of three this weekend. Yeah, I mean, I mean Arkansas is is probably the closest to to really good. And then you have Tennessee. Tennessee is great, yeah. and then everybody else is just. Eh. Do you agree with the idea that Tennessee is a little too good too early? Like, yeah, I could see them th- absolutely. I think they're thirty one and one. Wouldn't you rather be like twenty seven and five? Because you know, eventually, you know, it's that's going to become a that's going to become a thing. And it's like gonna, Arkansas last year. Yeah. Eventually, that offense is not going to hit. Eventually, you're going to run into a guy who can pit, a couple guys who can yeah. pitch, and you're in trouble. And also, you know, if they if they get to Omaha, that that offense doesn't is not going to play as well that at said, Omaha. I'd rather trade with them. Than yeah, you know, with. you'd take 31 and one all day and a 12 and 0 start. I mean, they're they're going to clinch the SEC like two weekend, two or three weekends ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they are just absolutely. But you're exactly right. I mean, Ole Miss stinks, State stinks, Vanderbilt stinks. Those are three teams that are usually they're all preseason top right five. around the top of the the league and top of the country. And I don't know what Vandy's ranked right now, but Ole Miss, I don't has has that game ended. It hasn't ended They're about to get swept by Bama. They you got to drop them out. They yeah. got to be out of the top twenty-five. Yeah, State's out of the top fifty. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I, I would not expect to see State in regional projections this week. They shouldn't be. I mean, I, I just don't expect to see that. 
they're they're about to have to win eleven of the last eighteen. Yeah, to be five hundred. You're gonna have to go eleven and seven. They've only they've, the they've already lost fifteen games. They only lost eighteen last year. Oof, dude. I mean, I it's two just, of those were in the SEC tournament. You know, it, it's th- this is really this is a really interesting time for Chris Lamonis because they have. And that, pretty much being good. That game is over now. Alabama has swept Ole Miss. Oh God! And Bama's Bama's better, but they're not they're not that good. They've won eight out of nine. They have. Yeah. Well, who did they play last week? Uh, oh gosh, I don't remember. Go ahead and talk though. Um. Anyway, it's just it's interesting where Mississippi State is right now because Chris Lamonis, with the exception of. That little stretch in 2020 early when they struggled a little bit and they lost to Texas. Texas A&M. Okay. And they won that series? They did. Okay. Um, that actually is a good series win now. for. They're at Tennessee this week. Oh, poor Bama. Yeah. But that that's a much better team. They are. They're, they they're playing been. well. But, playing well. you know, Lamonis, since he's been here, 19, rolled through non-conference, destroyed everybody in non-conference. Mm-hmm. They were pretty good in conference play. 20 was kind of a you know tough start, but they still went 12-4 and four for the season, and they were starting to really pick it up there. Last year, they were pretty good all year. And this year, this is the first time that I would say that this program under him is really, you know, with their backs against the wall. Real adversity. Like this is, you're going through some major slumps, um, and you don't know where you're going to turn. I I don't see anything from this team that's promising for the rest of this year. Do you? No. I don't see any well, I mean, way out of this. You know, next week with Auburn, Auburn's playing really well next week, or yeah. really well right now. You go to Ole Miss, which is for last place in the West. Which I mean, is I feel like they, I feel like they have to sweep Auburn and, and beat Ole Miss in a series to get, to get back, back into, into any kind of contention, right? Then you got to go to Missouri, who's who's not good, but they're better than they've been. You still have to play Tennessee at the end of the year. You have Oof. Florida coming to start. Florida's getting a little more confidence. Yeah, it's just this is tough, man. I this is this is starting to feel a little 2015 ish. It, it's not. It's not even like we talk about you know the grind and they're gonna have to grind. It's it's gone past that now. Now it's you're gonna have to turn things around and play at a level you haven't played at all season long. Yeah. And that I don't know that you're capable of. This team feels like it's gonna be somewhere in between 15 and 17. Mm-hmm. The with uh, record wise, yeah. fifteen was just awful. They went seven and twenty one or whatever it yeah. was. So I, I don't think they're going to be that bad, but mm-hmm. they're closer to that than they are seventeen, in my opinion. Yeah. And seventeen now the, they they're around the same. They're around the same at this point in SEC play as they were then. I hadn't even looked at. There were two and in seven. Seventeen. Yeah. You're thinking of eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Seventeen. Sorry. They started out hot. Remember. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Eighteen. Eighteen. My bad. Uh, eighteen. They were like two and seven. In SEC play when they started off, mm-hmm. but they got—I mean—they swept Arkansas, they swept Florida, they beat Ole Miss in the series. Mm-hmm. This team hasn't shown any of that, right? I mean, they're not. This team isn't going to sweep a team like I don't—I don't think they're going to sweep Ole Miss. So they were you know, two and seven. What they do the next? Then the next week, weekend was when Ole Miss came in. They so took, they, were they took two out of three. Four and eight, exactly where they are right they now. Were four and eight at that point. So this team is exactly where eighteen was. They're exactly where they were. The question becomes now. But that team had to sweep Arkansas, had to sweep Florida just to make SEC the SEC tournament. That's right. where you're at right now. That's yeah. where that's where you are. 
and Florida was number one in the nation. Sort of, it could be a sort of similar situation in that, remember, Florida had already clinched the conference. Mm-hmm. They were number one in the nation. And they kind of came to Starville and took it easy. Remember, they took that picture of them hitting the, the going on the plane with all wearing Hawaiian shirts. Yeah, and it's like you could tell they their heart wasn't in it, and they got they came here and got swept. It could be a similar situation, but I don't know that this team is good enough to take advantage of it. I just I don't see anything right now because I just the offense has shown it a little bit. I do not think the pitching is just going to be consistent enough. We didn't see Mikey Tepper. Um, Fristo, Auger, those guys didn't replicate what they've been doing the last couple of games. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's just it's really difficult to see this team breaking through at some point. I mean, the offense, I feel like the offense is way better than what it is right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that at some point that it should work itself out, but it's probably going to be too late at that point. I mean, you you could not get swept in this series. And they just came out and laid a complete egg. And it's kind of – it's really frustrating because the pitching was really good on Friday and Saturday. And I, I know it, it. they lost the game um, with that ninth inning pitching-wise, but LSU had one run coming into that inning. They were one strike away from having like three hits – Against Mississippi State's pitching staff mm-hmm. in one run, mm-hmm. if Fristo gets if Fristo gets out of that inning, you're looking at him as a shutdown closer. Yeah, your your opinion of Jackson Fristo totally if different. that happens is completely totally different. different, and the opinion of Mississippi State is completely different. And you start to say, okay, the state just faced a potent lineup, gave up three hits in one run. Jackson Fristo and Casey Hunter back, Preston Johnson's back. This team, if they can get the offense going, is really good. Now you look at it, Jackson Fristo, you, you feel like maybe his, um, I, I guess his confidence is shot. This offense is struggling. The pitching, yeah. Cade Smith, you, uh, the first three innings I was like, move that dude up to Saturday. Yeah. He's got to be in Saturday. And then he blows up out there. The I mean, only just, positive of the weekend was Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith. Pl- pitched incredibly well. Who I think you have to put in the starting he's, lineup. He's, yeah, Stinnett's. There are guys like Stinnett and Fristo who you might not see again. Or you I mean if you only see him in like garbage time. He he can't go out there again. Yeah. And 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 cuz I got no confidence. And Lamona said in the post game like we had to get him out there. We we couldn't go through what we went through last last game. Yeah. So he's done. You you can't put him back out there to start. You you meant you I think you tweeted it that last two starts for Fristo he's thrown two and a third innings. He hadn't lasted through two innings, no. two starts. You cannot you can't have that. Can't have that. You can't have you can have one of those you can't have two, no. and you definitely can't have two in a row. No, uh, you can't have your starting pitcher lasting no more than two innings. By the way, all this stuff we're talking about, you know, State could if they do this in the conference. We're taking into account that they don't lose another non-conference game. It's very possible that they do. Yeah, you know, they still have to play Ole Miss in the Governor's Cup. Uh, I think they still have a game with Samford coming up. Who I don't know a whole. I don't know anything about Samford. I just know they that, lost their entire team pretty but, much. But I do know that year in year out, it's a decent program. So yeah. I feel like they're they're going to be okay. UAB this week. I mean, you'll see. They're yeah. usually solid, but not I mean, State should win that game. They should. They should. They should have won a game or two this weekend, but they didn't. I think you're starting to see, too, some apathy from the fan base. I want to, I want to talk about that. That's a good call because you can feel that. And, and if, you, if you didn't see, on Sunday, I sat in, I sat in the stands. I got an invite from a uh, certain king of Southeast media, Brandon Walker. Brandon F. Walker. Brandon F. Walker. He's like, come go to the game with me. I was like, sure. And that's the first time, by the that way. That was nice of him to, to get yeah. you some tickets. I knew that was coming. That was pretty, that's pretty nice of him. Coming. So, 
that's the first time I've been in the stadium, by the way, as a fan since the new stadium was opened. I have not been to a game as a fan. Feels a lot different down there, don't it? It does. It does. It, and 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 obviously, it was. I had a good time, even in defeat. Just just to you know, be relaxed up there and, and just enjoy myself. But what I was going to say is this: you can feel that the fans are just sitting there waiting for bad things to happen. Mm-hmm. Last year it was the opposite, and you feel that atmosphere in the stadium. And when a guy like Tanner Allen came up to the bat, or when Landon Sims came into the game, you're like. State's going to win the game here. That Ole Miss game last year. You knew it. You felt the fans, and the fans fed off of that. We had three people when Tanner Allen came up against Taylor Broadway Mm -hmm. in that seventh inning. State was down by like two runs or whatever. We all knew what was going to happen. We had three people in the press box with our cameras out, and every single person in the stadium was standing up because they knew Tanner Allen was about to get a big hit. Exactly correct. And that's gone now. And Instead, it's the opposite. I started to shift that way Two weekends ago against Alabama, mm-hmm. I started to think, okay, this team is becoming last year's team, mm-hmm. and they've completely yeah, ended they, that. They've left that behind. So, yeah, and the, the fans, you can tell, are just sort of sitting there waiting for the bad things to happen now. And I can't blame them for that. But, like, the dude effect is not a thing this year. It was, it was against Alabama. It was. But that's that's the last time. That's, that feels like a long time ago. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it just – there was a monster crowd on Saturday – and they never really were able to get into it, no. even though state. Well, because it was because it was three nothing. But state tied it up, and it still didn't feel like it. Because you don't you don't trust the bullpen to hold the lead. And um, you know that was the worst attended SEC game this year, easily, and one of the worst weekend games of the year. I was a little surprised um, on Sunday to see that. Yeah, but I, I just think people are. They're just not. I think you're starting to lose some of this fan base this year. I think so. They don't. They don't want. They, like they, this they weekend, can't watch. And it's Easter week. You know, people were already complaining about the Super Bowl dog weekend being on Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to have huge crowds this weekend. I think you will just by default. You, you think? know, yeah. E- even in their bad years, they had some big crowds. I mean, but I'm but, not talking about like it's not going to be like fourteen thousand. It's going to be like eleven, twelve thousand. Pro- probably so. For, and that's be smaller Saturday. than what you. Th- Thursday won't be a big crowd. I bet it'd be smaller than what you usually have. Um, but it's just, we'll see. This, this fan base will start jumping off board quick, yeah. and you go from uh, you know revered to mad pretty it's, quick. It is interesting to see how quickly people turn. But and it's happening. W- the thing is, I mean, Chris Lamonis gets it. Yeah, he knows. He said so many times, like he he'll talk to players after a game after they lose the ball game, and and talk to them about. How you know the team has disappointed this fan base? Mm-hmm. These people come out for you on this weekend. They've created a great atmosphere, and you're not allowing them to get in a ball game. Mm-hmm. Or you've you know they they spend their money. They come this weekend, and you lay an egg. He he knows that this fan base is rabid, and he knows the expectations. Uh, he knew it going into last year, right after the SEC tournament. He talked about the expectations that they have here and how important it is to win, and. Um, I promise you there's not a single person that is more upset with how things are going right now than Chris Lamonis. And um, I completely understand people uh, wanting to hold him accountable as the head coach, and he should be held accountable. Um, but I, he's not just sitting on his hands here. He's he's tried to do everything possible to find something to give this team a lift. I mean, yeah. he's had a different starting lineup, I think, almost every single game this yeah. year. And he's and moved guys in and out of the starting this, rotation. He's, he's figured out the leadoff spot. Yes, Jaeger needs to now. stay there. But he still has to figure out center field and shortstop. Short but at shortstop, I mean, at this point, it really doesn't matter who the guy is, right? They're yeah. both the same guy. <laughs> they're, 
they're the same guy pretty much yeah. in most facets. So. But I, it's just um, it's really hard to believe that this team is coming off a national championship with so many guys returning, and you had so many high expectations this year, and you're talking about competing for the SEC West and yeah. pro- possibly getting back to Omaha. And now we're talking about four weekends into the SEC schedule. Is this team even going to make postseason? Yeah, that's where we are. And that's um, that's the reality. And right now, I think you and I are both on the same page. I don't think they do. If I had to put money on it, I would put money on no. They're going to have to have an incredibly strong finish here mm-hmm. because they're going – more than likely they're probably going to be of, under 500 of in these SEC next play. six series, they need to win at least four and probably five. I mean, I can, I, I can give up Tennessee at the end there. But everybody else you need to beat. On the road at Ole Miss. Tough. Auburn, who Texas is... Texas A&M on the Texas road. Texas A&M on the road, who's, who's going to be tough. Yeah. There are no easy... That's the SEC. Missouri is not great, but that's... They beat Arkansas a game. Yeah. They, they so, show you they can win some games. So That's a series, like, you, right now, I would say State has to sweep that series. And I feel like they just about have to sweep this Missouri series. I yeah. mean, this Auburn series coming up, too. Which is going to be... That, <laughs> Auburn's good! Auburn is really good. You can't expect that. they to be ranked! I picked State to lose this series against LSU, mm-hmm. but I feel infinitely worse about this team after this series yeah, I just one more loss. Oh, I won't pick them to win a series until they win a no. series. No. I knew they were going to lose a series. but I, I did just, not think that. I thought they would win, but that, that's on me, I guess. All right. Let's until see. they beat LSU like in a series yeah, again, I'm not, not going to do yeah, it. That's probably smart. It's like the Ole Miss uh, basketball thing. Until they win game one of the series, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking them. Let's move on into the second half of the show. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Hope you got to cook out this weekend. I hope you threw some beef on the grill because nothing beats the sizzle of beef when it's on the grill. Steaks and burgers, that's just the king. I saw some great uh, steaks on Twitter from a, from a buddy of mine. I'm sorry, some great burgers from a buddy of mine, and they looked fantastic. Um, and, you know, a burger is so hard. It, like It's a burger, right? It's, it's kind of plain. When you make them look good, there's just nothing better. When you go to the grocery store, grab some beef, put it in the cart. You're helping out your family by providing a delicious and nutritious meal, but you're also helping out 15,000 of our fellow Mississippians, our Mississippi beef producers here in this state. Beef is what's for dinner, thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. You think Two Brothers was busy this weekend? I will tell you for a fact that they were, because every time I drove past the plate, I drove past on Saturday on my way to Davis Wade, so the place isnn't open yet, right? It's like... 1040, 10.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. already a line starting to wrap around, just yeah. ready to get in there. So, I mean, that place... Huge weekend. Huge weekend for them. And, of course, you guys are to thank for that. Two Brothers is the place to find smoked southern soul food whenever you're in town. Whenever you want to go somewhere awesome, you go to Two Brothers Smoked Meats. Great prices, great service, great products. I mean, every business makes these promises, right? But who delivers on them? Advantage Business Systems does, especially, especially when we're talking about service, which to me is the most important. You know, prices are prices, products are products, but what are you going to do after the sale for me? That's what I'm looking for from a, a great company, and that's what Advantage Business Systems gives you. You're talking to a Mississippi person when you call them. They're going to get out to you quickly. They're not going to make you wait. They're not going to make you wait until your, your, your business starts to float away before they get out there and help you. You need to put Advantage Business Systems to work for you. Their number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. Robbie and I were both at Davis Wade Stadium for a beautiful, I wish it had been fall morning, uh, to watch Mississippi State. Now, go ahead and give you guys, if, if you were at the scrimmage and you saw what they did, where they, 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 they did some scrimmaging, but they also did some 7-on-7, seven seven, they did some special teams work, that is what the spring game is going to be. Yeah. So if, you come, if you're coming to Starkville next week thinking you're going to have to get a full game experience, you're, you're off. I still think we 
You can learn a lot from what we saw, too, though. I agree with that. So, what did we learn? And, and I was a little worried with what we were going to see because the way it was laid out to me, I thought it was going to be like just a complete practice and we'd, right. you know, we no, weren't we, going to learn we anything. Some, we got some I thought, real scrimmage in there. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Will Rogers, I thought, looked good. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he looked okay. I thought I thought he looked pretty okay. good. I, you know, sorry, Robertson. Like that. Well, it was kind of, I don't think that stuff would happen in a real game. That he was kind of, you know, that was one of those things where he was about to get sacked or whatever, and or like the you know when you get touched, you you're sacked or whatever. I mean, I didn't really put a whole lot into that, but uh, threw the ball well. Sawyer made a couple of mistakes, but he kind of he kind of flashes here and there. He's not totally consistent yet, but you can see the talent that he has. Mm-hmm. Um, can throw a, a pretty good deep ball. He's mobile, uh, mobile enough. I thought he had some good moments. Threw a couple of interceptions, bad interceptions, but mm-hmm. also a couple of good touchdowns. Really athletic play by Corey Ellington. Yes, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, me and Brian had the same. We had the same, same thought, thought, basically. Yeah. Yeah, we got called out on that as well. But it wasn't. That's a guy, Corey Ellington, that you know I had been hearing about, reading about, and he delivered. He looked like an SEC safety out there. A guy who you know, he got the frame, six foot three, two hundred plus pounds. Looks good. Looks like an SEC football player out there. And that, I thought Jackie Matthews looked really good. You need secondary. that secondary to be. They got to start figuring things out. Yeah. Right there. And you know well, we I didn't trust see the front seven. We've been talking about that. Emmanuel Forbes didn't play minor injury, I think. Yeah. So and you didn't see Jet Johnson. He was hurt too. Yeah. So I don't know how much you can kind of glean from all that, mm-hmm. but defense still was probably better than the offense. Uh, Deshaun Page had some big plays. He looked good. Katravian Hargrove, I thought, had a really nice touchdown run. Yeah. Love the way strides. that guy runs. Yeah. He he looks really good out he, there. He, uh, what am I looking at? I, I want to see. Do you look like you belong in the SEC? Hargrove looked like he belonged in the SEC. Deshaun Page looks like he belongs in the SEC. Um, like I mentioned with Ellington, another guy I know you're high on Antonio Harmon. Yeah, looks like he belongs out there. Big physical receiver. He is going to be a problem this year if he continues to develop. One of the best looking outside receivers I yeah. think in spring so far. Uh, Rufus Harvey had a really good game. Who? The Ruf. pride of Starkville, you mean? Roof. I want that started this year. I don't know who that AJ guy is. Yeah. Rufus Harvey is the man. Well, you know Rufus broke all AJ's records. I know. Um, I know. So, uh, Rufus is my guy, and I want that this year when he catches the pass, I need to hear a Roof. It's, it'll happen. It's going to yeah. happen. We need a Rufio. I, no, I got it. I got you. Um, but, yeah, he had a big game. I, I mean – He's just so difficult to guard. He can you can be all over him and he can make a catch. You know, and he's just he's a great route runner, uh, got great hands. Dropped a couple passes this year, but I think that's going he's going to clean that up this year. I think he's a guy that can help you. Um especially if he's fully healthy. So, you know, we saw Tulu a little bit wasn't able to to get out and make some big plays, but but, but. They made a conscientious effort to get him the ball. Yeah. They were running screens to him and short passes and trying to let him break tackles. That's fine. That's we fine saw some me. screens. We saw some some speed option, which they did that a lot. Remember they did that a lot they last did. year, they, too, they in, threw in us practice. Off the scent. Yeah, it's like so. Mike Leach was trying to confuse people. We saw one other thing that I think you'll like. Massimo Biscotti. So we have, deter- we have determined we are going full in on. First off, please, I hope he's Italian. 
if you're not Italian, Mossman, you're listening, please let us know so we can stop the. He's absolutely Italian. I man. hope he's not Spanish or Greek or at some point. But anyway, we want to go the full soccer experience. We want the the tifo. We want the the banner out there, the Italian flag. I want smoke. the Italian flag to be coming down the student section. Exactly, and we want the band playing. Dun, 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 dun. I want that. I want it all when he makes a field goal. Can we make this happen? Exactly. And then what I said: game-winning field goals. I want meatballs dumped on the guy's head. I don't know. If, how about just some marinara sauce? Meatballs. Well, we can do a little bit of both. The marinara sauce. It's it's like whenever uh, somebody goes to the orange bowl, instead of having the oranges, you have meatballs. And what do we, we want? A, we want a uh, setup in the. Uh, we want a new concession stand, so, selling like meatball subs and gabagool. The gabagool. I think free gabagool when you when you when he makes a game winning field goal. That would work. So that was. I, I mean, I've been. But that to being the... said, jokes aside, he looked good kicking the ball. Yeah, ball, ball's going through the uprights. That's all that matters. How about what, what were your thoughts on Mike Leach uh, talking about the punters or the kicker? It was the kickers. Hilarious. Yeah. And then Nolan McCord decided to tweet back, decided to clap back at him. I thought that was fantastic. I love it. I well, love, but he's there's not much Nolan McCord could say. Here's just, the thing: <laughs> Mike Leach is right. Yeah, you you can say he's being harsh, or you can say he's being an ace, but he's right. That team was. He's bad saying er, he's saying what everyone else was thinking. Yeah. Every, and and what do you want your coach to just be okay with mediocrity, or do yeah. you want him to get? You want better? him out there saying, "Look, look, these guys are working hard and blah blah." blah. No, they're not. They get they get their own scholarship to kick. They're missing kicks. They're not good. And I know you didn't like when he called out the kickers uh, last year after one of the games. I thought that was harsh. But it was harsh, but I think it's in imp- retrospect, though. I do think it's important that he recognizes something is seriously wrong yeah. and tries to rectify it. Yeah. And this is major college sports. He's getting paid $5 million mm-hmm. a year, um, and he's got to find a way to fix it. So, how does he fix it? Gets a new special teams coach moved in there, mm-hmm. gets a lot of transfers in here. He tried to get two kickers. Uh, from the transfer board, well, one of them was a junior college guy. Mm-hmm. That guy ended up leaving, going somewhere else. But tries to get two kickers. They got another punter probably coming in. He is maximizing that competition to find a guy that's going to make that a strength for Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. And special teams is huge. It probably cost State two games last year at least. Mm-hmm. So they've got to have somebody that can come in there and nail a big field goal. You know, hit a a chip shot. They couldn't hit a chip shot last year a couple of times. Yeah, right. They got to fix that, and they got to the the punting situation's got to be better too. Yeah. So, I don't have as much of a problem with it. Oh no! Now, now after it's all said and done, I, I agree with you. You you were right. Yeah. That. If okay, go ahead. Calm down. So I think if what you was were, that you said you were right. If you if you if you look at the scrimmage, if you're going to grade the scrimmage overall, I think it was an easy B. Yeah, it was solid. Yeah. I, there no, was nothing. Nothing that, I was just like, "Wow!" about. And there was nothing that I looked at. It was like, "This is going to be an issue." Right. You know. Right. I thought the the secondary was a little better than I thought. They were uh, pretty good in coverage. Came up with a a few pass breakups. We saw the two interceptions from the safeties, and that's good news for Mississippi State because they need safety play to be better this year. Mm-hmm. Kind of be more athletic back there. They just have to be better in all facets. And Corey Ellington is um, is flashing a little bit in the spring. That's a guy that played a lot late. You know, they had the COVID issues uh, during the bowl game, and Corey Ellington's in there as a true freshman uh, getting thrown into the fire. So I, I think it's really good for Mississippi State to see him making that kind of jump already for this defense, and he's going to play a factor. Cameron Richardson I thought looked good yesterday. Marcus Banks made a, a play or two. Um 
didn't didn't really notice DeCarlos Nicholson much. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that that group Sean Preston made a made a nice made pass breakup. Yeah. That group should be better, and I, I think that um, Zach Arnett is excited about leaving leading that group mm-hmm. back there. You know, Don't say leaving; you get people upset. Yeah, no, he's leading that group, and I think that's going to be uh, a good thing for for Mississippi State. I agree. One last thing before we go. The transfer portal has has benefited Mississippi State, Mississippi State basketball to be specific. Deshaun Davis, point guard from the Oregon State Beavers, has joined Chris Jans. This is a guy who led the Pac-12 in assists last year, five and a half assists per game, and as a guard, shot forty-six percent from the field. Now, he is. What not, did he shoot from three? He is not a three-point shooter, eighteen <laughs> percent. So let's keep those to a minimum, shall we? But this is a guy average eleven points and, and basically six assists a game. That's pretty, the, that's the important thing. Pretty solid transfer, and uh, you and I and and Joel before that. We're saying the same thing. State was in has been in desperate need of a real point guard for the past couple of seasons. It's made a difference. Now they've got one in Deshaun Davis. This is a good pickup to start the Chris Jans era for Mississippi State. I hope that Tin Dog on our board is happy. He has been pushing for a point guard for a long time. He's right. But, uh, he's exactly right. I'm I'm not going to deny that at all. That they have needed a true distributor, true floor general more than just about anything the last couple of years, and they just haven't been able to find it. Guys have been playing out of position there. You know, at one point, they were talking about moving DJ Stewart there uh, when he was here. I mean, they just haven't had a true point guard. And I, I, I'm not going to – you don't need to ask this guy to come in here and start uh, throwing threes up when he comes in there. You need this guy to distribute and be a, a good defender because I think he's a good defender as well. So this is a good, solid addition – for Chris James in the transfer portal, and he's he's not done yet. I think they're very active right now in the portal. A little bit of surprise the other night. Xavier Pinson mentioning Mississippi State in his top two had no clue whatsoever that Mississippi State was even Seems in the Seems unlikely he'll come now, though, because he's a point guard. But and his name's happen. Xavier. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. So, who knows? I mean, maybe maybe you got a little competition there. Maybe one of the guys can move over to, to off guard or something. I don't, I don't know. But... Um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a good start for Chris Jans, and I think that they're going to continue to hit that portal hard for these final spots. And you'll start to see some guys from Mississippi State filtering out, too. There's going to be some guys that I think uh, are, are going to be encouraged to uh, maybe find a new home I th- that I think you're going to start seeing in the next f- few weeks or so. Because the, uh, the deadline's coming up uh, at the first of the next month uh, to hit the transfer portal. So, yeah. There was a question asked on the board on Saturday night, who gets the first transfer, Sam Purcell or Chris Jans, and now you have your answer. Now you have your answer. I, I think Sam Purcell is probably not far behind. Yeah, probably probably correct. All right, tomorrow's show, we got our one of our final position breakdowns. we only got two left, and that's uh, the safeties. We'll talk about them tomorrow. Probably have some more baseball, maybe a little more, more football to talk about uh, as well as we get closer to the uh, the spring game. I use the quote fingers when I when I said that. So Yeah, please don't get upset when you see that it's not an actual – Game, yeah. Like if you're situation. coming to that game expecting a a like a full on scrimmage where they they split into teams and all that. Don't don't be upset when it's not that way. And I don't think it's ever going to be like that under Mike Leach. I, th- I think those times are gone under Leach. There you go. 
All right, guys, have a great day. Back with you very Reach soon. For, for Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Talk Mississippi Media Production.